Howdy and welcome to the 10-Week Bible Study. This is week five, day four of our study of Esther. I'm your host, Darren Hibbs, and today we're talking about Esther 5, 9 through 13. Welcome back to the 10 Week Bible Study. Again, I'm your host, Aaron Hibbs. And before we get started, I want to encourage you to remember to read the book of Esther 10 times the next 10 weeks. It really will transform your life and the way that you encounter the Lord through Scripture. With that, let's go ahead and pray before we start today. Lord, would you open our eyes and our ears to hear what your word has to say to us, God? Speak to us and fill our hearts with the knowledge of you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. With that, let's jump into God's word. We're reading today from the NIV. This is Esther 5, starting in verse 9. Haman went out that day happy and in high spirits. But when he saw Mordecai at the king's gate and observed that he neither rose nor showed fear in his presence, he was filled with rage against Mordecai. Nevertheless, Haman restrained himself and went home. Haman is a very conniving, evil guy, right? He, the whole thing, like the, the again, I don't think that it's it's his pride that is causing him to say, we're going to kill all the Jews. I don't think this is pride being injured by Mordecai. I think this is, this is very premeditated. This is, this goes back to this ancestral hate against the Jews. I think that's why the book of Esther points it out several times leading up to this, that Haman, the Agagite, uh, Mordecai, the descendant of Kish. I think he finds all this out. He's like, oh yeah, I think this is the catalytic moment. I think Mordecai not bowing is the catalytic moment where Haman decides, I'm going to annihilate these people that wanted to do the same thing to us. But I don't think it's just because of his pride and, and, and Mordecai injuring that. Because if it was just that, he would have had him killed right then, right? It's like, it's perfectly within his purview. The king's like, if you just come into my presence and I want to see you, you, you die, right? He's given Haman the signet ring. Haman can do this. Haman could just kill Mordecai, but no, he's, he's a planner. He's planning all this out, plotting this out. He's, he wants to pull all of these strings. So everything just happens in this, this way that he thinks is going to be perfectly timed and executed. He has got this, this perfect plan in place. And what's going on behind the scenes is the Lord has his perfect plan in place. Haman's, you know, he's scheming here. So he's, he's filled with rage over Mordecai, but he's like, he restrains himself. Like, nope, nope, nope. Just wait a little longer. Wait a little longer. I got, I got bigger plans for you, Mordecai. I got bigger plans. And I, I'm thinking Haman's probably thinking, we're going to round you all up and I'm going to be the one that kills you first, Mordecai. You're going to be first amongst all the Jews. I got bigger plans for you. Right, so he restrains himself. That that's 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 messed up. That's messed up. Like I'm gonna kill you, but I'm gonna wait. I'm gonna wait. That's some messed up stuff right there. I think that that goes to to say that it's not just it's not just Mordecai and him not bowing that made him decide to kill everyone. This this goes. This is some generational hatred, right? This is some. This is something that's been brewing for a long time. Like this is Count of Monte Cristo kind of thing going on here. And he's going to make sure that, that it all goes exactly the way he wants it to. But again, men scheme, but the Lord, he brings men's plans to nothing. And he's going to do it real fast with Mordecai. Continuing on, calling together his friends and Zeresh, his wife. Haman boasted to them about his vast wealth 
his many sons, and all the ways the king had honored him and how he had elevated him above the other nobles and officials. And that's not all, Haman added. I am the only person Queen Esther invited to accompany the king to a banquet that she gave. And she has invited me along with the king tomorrow. But all this gives me no satisfaction as long as I see that Jew, Mordecai, sitting at the king's gate. This tells them I'm super wealthy. I'm the most powerful guy in the country. Even Esther likes me. I have everything. Every moment that I walk by and see Mordecai, all this means nothing. My family, my wealth, my prestige, my honor, my power, it means nothing. As long as I see that Jew Mordecai sitting at the gate, not bowing. Now again, he's got some ego, right? He's got some serious ego. And I think that definitely plays into this. I don't think that's the main reason why he's given the annihilation order against all of the Jews. But Mordecai is really, really starting to get to him, right? He's really starting to get, get under his skin and, and his ego, it's coming to a head, right? He restrains himself, but he goes home and he tells him like, I'm so angry about this. Like I can't enjoy anything that I have because I, I hate this guy so much, I hate him that much that I can't enjoy any of the good things that I have. That's some serious ego, some serious hatreds. There's some really weird stuff going on with Haman. And again, remember, the Lord's got plans too. And when the Lord's plans and your plans collide, guess whose plans win? The Lord's always win. That's why we want to be have our heart trajectory. We want to be people that love the Lord, that serve the Lord. We want our heart trajectory to be for Him. And I say heart trajectory because everyone stumbles in sin. When we get back up, when we ask for forgiveness, when we repent, and as I like to, I've heard it said, I like this phrase, hit delete and move on, right? We ask for forgiveness, we hit delete, we move on, we repent. We know that we've been washed clean. We keep following him. That's a heart trajectory after him. That heart trajectory after him, it keeps us on his plan, on his path. It's when we fall into sin and we start making allowances for that sin. We start to redefine that sin. It starts to bring us off that path. And eventually we see it in, in, in so many people where you start going down that road where sin leads you down that path. He's like, you know, I don't even want to, I don't, I don't want to serve the Lord. I don't want to know the Lord. I don't want to love the Lord. I want to do my own thing. I'm seeing that all the time. So many people are giving their deconstruction stories now about how they left Christianity behind or left whatever behind and then they, they don't believe in God or they don't believe in, you know, the God that they grew up with or however they say it. And it's the steady path of, of, of walking deeper into that sin and letting it get you further and further off the path. No one doesn't sin. But it's when we make allowance for that sin, when we make excuse for that sin, when we justify that sin, and we keep doing that, that takes us off that path. It takes us off that heart trajectory for the Lord. And when we get off that heart trajectory for the Lord, our plans almost 
always come into conflict with the Lord's plans. And when that happens, things don't go well, as we're about to see for Haman. For the 10-week Bible study, I'm your host, Darren Hibbs, and I can't wait to see you next time. Hey, thanks for tuning into the 10-Week Bible Study Podcast. If you've enjoyed this podcast, would you consider leaving a review for it on your podcast app of choice? It really helps other people find out about this podcast, and my heart is for people to fall in love with God's Word. Thank you.